Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. Thanks for joining me. So this week, we're doing a little bit of a bonus episode because I've actually just realized that I have a lot of episodes that are um, kind of saved for later. And I know personally when I do podcasts with other people and I have to wait a while before my podcast comes out, it can be a little painful. And I want to get this this stuff out to you quicker because I have so many great pieces that I've had like that, these great interviews that I've had with people where they share such amazing insights and I have the ability now to put it out to you sooner. And so I'm going to do it. I hope you enjoy it. Um, but, uh, before I get to that, before I get to this podcast coming up, I just wanted to give you a little update on what's going on with me. So school's going to be starting soon and I'm quite excited for that. I'm going to be looking into making a couple changes to my schedule, and I think that they're going to be ultimately really good and healthy changes. And, uh, you know, I've been able to spend a little bit more time lately as things have kind of settled by the, like, you know, nearing the end of the summer. Uh, I've had a little bit more time to sit and think and ponder new questions or old questions in life. And one thing that I've been thinking about is uh, the idea of taking responsibility and a more purposeful approach to life, because I find that for so long, I've just been living in reaction. And it's one of those things that I didn't realize I was doing it until I was able to finally catch up with myself well enough to realize that I had been kind of dragged along all this time. I think a lot of that has to do with um, living in survival mode which is kind of what we did a lot growing up. And it wasn't anyone's fault. It was just kind of the way that the situation went, um, you know, with my dad uh, really suffering with uh, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. And then um, mom and dad deciding that parting ways would be the best way for them to be able to raise the family. And then mom really had, you know, mom really had to work hard to make it so that all the ends could meet and, it was just a lot, it just resulted in a lot of us living in survival mode. And when you kind of learn that that's the best way to live your life, or that's the way to live your life, it's difficult to relearn and realize that there are certain situations that call for that. Yes, but it's not something that you need to do all the time. And I've been in, um, I've been so fortunate lately, like these past 13 years or so, like I haven't had to live in survival mode. I've had, um, I've always had something to eat. I've always been able, like I can take care of myself now. And, uh, I mean, mom never, we never went hungry or anything. That's not what I'm saying, but there was just no need to live in survival mode. And now I'm looking and I'm reassessing my life and I'm thinking, okay, well, where do I actually want to go? Like specifically, where do I want to go? And like, where, like, where do I actually want to see myself in five years, in three years, by next year? And actually having a very specific idea of what that is and then being like, okay, so if I really want this thing to be happening, this is what I have to do to make that happen. And then I can do that. And that's all part of just taking responsibility for my life and not living 
not just living for today, although I do believe in the importance of living in the day, absolutely, otherwise you're not going to enjoy your life, but also planning for tomorrow, planning for next year so that I can enjoy those things too, so I can work for it and and then sit back and be like, ah, I worked for this and look, it happened and like, or look what happened because I know things don't always go according to plan, but it seems that when you have a plan that you're working towards, things just seem to kind of fall into place a little easier, even if it's not necessarily the place that you thought they'd fall into. So, um, with all this in mind, it's also, it's kind of gotten me to a stronger mindset where I can actually take steps to solve my own problems instead of looking to other people to always solve my problems. And I need to clarify a difference here. Um, There is a difference between going to people for advice to help them, to sorry, to have them help you solve your problems. That's one thing. And then there's going to a person and expecting them to solve your problem. And that's another thing. I am all about getting advice from people we are surrounded by wisdom, but we cannot allow somebody else to make our decisions for us. We take up the responsibility to make our own decisions when we become adults. When we're children, yes, of course, it's our parents' responsibility or it's our caretaker's responsibility to make those decisions for us because our frontal lobe isn't fully developed. We don't actually have the mental capacity to make those decisions. But now, like I'm, I'm 32 years old. I need to be making my own decisions. I have the mental capacity to do so. And I'm stronger now. And that's because I've had incredible people around me who have built me up. And now I have, I, I'm finding that I'm, I'm actually starting to get into this space where I can actually take care of myself a little better. And I, I actually, I'm not so, I'm not needing to spend as much of my resources on fixing some issues or problems that I've, I've had because of certain circumstances or because of certain ways that I've been, you know, treated when I was growing up. I can be, I, I, of course, I'm still working on those things, but I find that because of the people that I've been surrounded by and that who have poured themselves into me, it's helping me realize the kind of strength that I have and that And then that enables me to actually go to other people and help them realize the kind of strength that they have. And it's like this thing that it it can overflow. It can start this chain reaction where, you know, strong people build up strong people who go out and build up more strong people. And I, um, I really like, I, I do think that I'm a strong person and you know, to be able to say that to all of you is actually something I never really thought that I'd get to a point of being able to do. I viewed myself as a weak person for a very long time. And it's a privilege and an accomplishment, a really huge accomplishment to be able to actually say that because I say it because I actually believe it. I'm not saying that I'm like 
completely independent and don't need other people and can figure out all my stuff on my own. That's not at all what I'm saying because it's just not true. But I have the ability to actually look at my life and say, ah, those problems are problems, but they don't need to be scary. And I know that I have the resources to fix them. And that's, it, it's just something that I didn't think that I would, I would get to. And that's one of the things that I hope to accomplish with this podcast and with the conversations that I have with other people, because I get to have people come in who are these incredibly strong, wise people that have this advice that they can give other people based off of the lives that they've lived. And I can, I've been growing from these people. I've just been doing this since January. And, uh, so it, it hasn't been very long but I've met so many people and had so many conversations that I, I can actually start to notice a difference in myself. And it's really cool. So I actually got to have a podcast, um, a second podcast with Harry. So I'm sure that uh, all of you remember ha- the previous podcast I had with him. If you haven't listened to it, definitely go back, look for Harry. Um, he came back again and we talked a lot about, well, emotions. We talked about emotions. So Harry's an incredibly thoughtful and intelligent person. And he's, um, (laughs) it's kind of funny because he says that he wasn't very emotional, but I, I like, I just met him not too long ago. So I've only really known the version of him that he is now where he's quite emotionally aware and emotionally intelligent. But apparently there was a time that he just didn't really pay attention to his emotions, but it was because he just didn't have the space where he could because he needed to shut those down so that he could take care of other people in other situations. And then when he suddenly decided that he was going to turn that on again, he kind of got this flood of emotions that he then started to sort through and his assessment of each emotion and his evaluation of each situation is so unique and fascinating that I know that each one of you are going to learn. I I am sure each person listening to this podcast is going to come away learning something. I learned so much from him. And I, I have to say, I feel a little bit dumbfounded because it's like, okay, I've, I am an emotional person. I've been an emotional person all my life, I think. And, and I don't seem to have the same kinds of insights that this guy has who's only basically turned his emotions on less than a year ago. It's fascinating, but he's an intelligent guy. And you know what? We're not all the same. We, we discover different things at different times. So that being said, I just, I just, uh, in case you didn't notice, I was just soothing my ego there. Um, but it was such a privilege to be able to talk with him again. He's so insightful and sweet and, um, I loved having him on. So I'm just really excited to be able to introduce all of you again to Harry. Uh, 
first time was so much fun. I really liked it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was great. Uh, lots of interesting um, messages, actually, from friends and, and then my mom as well. Yeah? Yeah, just curious. Just were, like, happy to hear all my inner workings and my thoughts, and they were really interested by some of the stuff they said. Really nice, too. Just like They liked all the different aspects of me, all the weird aspects of me, which was nice to, nice to hear. That's so nice. Yeah. When you let some of the weird out and people mm. are like, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Letting the weird out is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the best. And like, cause you're like always so afraid of letting it out too. For sure. Yeah. Like, but I think we talked about this last time, you know, the older I get, the more I'm learning to appreciate that. Like that is the most true, true, true parts of yourself. Like that is you to the core that is not you putting on a mask that's not you showing the world some sort of other thing that's just like i like video games and small puppies and like other weird things uh and that's just you know i always love watching people get i had had a friend of mine actually uh just last night we were talking about mosquitoes for whatever reason and she went off on this tangent because she studied mosquitoes uh, at university and went off this tangent of like the different strains that are in nova scotia i just watched her go for like five minutes just, just, just sat there in awe of how many different mosquito types there are. I thought there was just one. There were several, several types of mosquitoes. I had no idea. Yeah, me either. Um, and just watched her in awe. And then it's always funny. I find whenever people do that, um, they catch themselves eventually, and are like, "Ooh, sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, and and you know, uh, it's one thing I'm trying to do. Just like, don't be sorry. That's awesome and sweet. Uh, it's really nice to see that part of your personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know what you mean. I, uh, I'm starting to learn to appreciate that more. Like I've always appreciated it in other people. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair of me to say. Like I've appreciated it in other people because it's the quirkiness and mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy quirkiness. Um, I'm starting to learn to accept it and appreciate it in myself. Yeah. It's important. It's, uh, the accepting part is the hard part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, uh, we, we build ourselves up, we build this kind of image of ourselves up in our mind and what we kind of want to look like and what we want to appear like to the rest of the world and want to be cool and hip and most of us aren't very cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not fun. Like that's that, that cool hip stuff and looking so amazing on all the social medias and all that stuff. Is that really fun? You know, it's great playing video games with your friends uh, and just being weird and awkward together, that that's fun. That is fun to the absolute core, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's like there, I, I remember even like, I can recall the relief that I would have back when I was a kid. And I'd be like, I went to school and I didn't really have a lot of close friends at school. And you'd be, I'd be trying to put on this like front of like these, like, yes, the way I am and what I enjoy and Mm -hmm. all that. And then I'd come home and I'd, um, hang out with my cousins Okay. and I'd be like, ah, now I can just play video games and like make ridiculous jokes about whatever and eat. I was really hoping you're going to say you had a punk rock phase or a emo phase. You'd go back and listen to death metal. That's what I was really hoping for that. <laughs> quite honestly, honestly, but, Oh no, I, I went to, I was into uh, smashing pumpkins. Uh, I mean, who, who, who can't be, I mean, smashing pumpkins amazing. Right. Um, it's funny when you look back on, on your childhood friendships and how a lot of them 
uh, I found at least the the ones that have stuck around are the people that you found this weird. You like this? I like this. Do you want to like hang out and like do it together? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) I yes. Yeah. That's like where some of the like that's where the best friendships come from. Sure. Yeah. Like you're kind of weird. I'm totally weird in that same way. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think in in a lot of ways is why social media has kind of taken off because you can find what was you on this own little island. You now have all these other islands that you can talk to and communicate with and organize with, which is awesome. Mm. That's like the best part of social media. Uh, of, thank yeah. you for pointing that out because yes. I think I was having a hard time with trying to remember what the best part of social media is (laughs) there's so many so many not good parts of it Uh, yeah yeah but we don't uh we don't need to go into those that's a that's a that's a spiral that's it that is a spiral yeah yeah it's just a whirlpool no that's a whole other podcast whole other thing yeah yeah so harry yeah let's talk more about how you're messed up (laughs) I guess this is a whole other podcast. So this is <laughs> this is uh, where we have to have to begin. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, where do we left? Where where do we leave off? I dropped some truth bombs on you. You did. Out of nowhere, my mom thought that was hilarious. Just like, oh yeah, by the way, this happened, and then these people died, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's, we're laughing about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, but I mean, it's just because it was so like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awful. Yeah. Shockingly awful. Yeah. So, got any more truth, truth bombs, bombs for me? I don't think so. I think those are, those are the kind of the two biggest impacts on my life were definitely in my, the absence slash death of my father and then all of my, all my friends uh, dying as well. Um, it was just, it's... It was weird, you know, both, both had totally different perspectives. One was this weird emotional disconnect uh, with my father where it was just like, I don't really know how to handle or process this situation because it was such a unique situation, having had no contact with him since I was seven. And then I'm flash forward to 22 and he just passes away. And then it's just like, okay, cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> Uh, and then on the flip side of that, uh, having this crazy traumatic event happen when I'm 15, um, and that's just sensory overload, right? It's just more emotions than I know what to do with. Uh, and then both of those just led to the kind of situation I'm in now where I don't want to say emotionally stunted because that sounds terrible, but I guess that is the most, they're, they're perplexing to me. I just have lived a lot of my life without them, very kind of logic-focused and very um, uh, not emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and that makes sense that you felt the need to be that way based off of what, uh, like, what we went over in your last podcast, like, you needing to be the steady one and needing to be the logical one. Yeah. I find it... Uh, I find it interesting that it's like now it seems to me that you're all of a sudden catching up to um, 
it's like you realized, okay, I need to let these emotions in. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you just started making all of these incredible insights Mm -hmm. on how emotions work. And it's like super weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and you're like talking as though you've been studying them for a lot longer than what has it been? How has it been a year yet? Uh, yeah, just shy, probably like eight or nine months since I've really started to kind of go down this path of self-discovery, I guess, is a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Self-discovery. Yeah. It's been just shy of a year since I started to really go down this, uh, to go down this path. Um, it's, it's been interesting because, because uh, on the one side, um, you know, emotions have all, are amazing and they can make you feel so good and elated and you're just happy and your day is good for no reason, no reason at all. And then uh, there's the exact opposite where you can just wake up and you're just kind of morose and you're sitting there in your own funk and you're just like, why do I feel this way? Everything's going great. You know, work's going well. My friends, I get to see all my friends this weekend. You know, that's the position I've been in. I've been in the middle of funk all week and I'm like, I have no idea why this is happening. And I'm trying to talk to my mother about it, and she's like, "Why is it happening?" I'm like, "I don't know. There's no, there's no connection, right?" Mm. Um, that's the thing I find with emotions is that uh, there sometimes there's like, "This is why I'm feeling this way," and other times you're just feeling. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 I yes. Do you find that it ever hits you? Like, do you ever have like a um, moment later when you're like, oh, that's why I was feeling like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that like basically what happened? Like the times that you can't put it together right then. You're Mm -hmm. just kind of like, okay, well, give me a few days and I'm going to look back on this and be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it was because of that. Yeah. No, no, that absolutely. Like, yeah. Down the road, I find you can always figure out back. Um, I think it's the same with a lot of situations, a lot of heightened emotional situations in your life. A lot of, um, I think relationships are, are a prime example of when you're in certain relationships, whether it be a friendship or a romantic one, um, everything's good and great and, and that's going well and you're you know feeling a little weird or feeling a certain way and you don't really understand why and you're out of it and you're like looking back, you're like, that was crazy times. Like that was a terribly you know toxic relationship that I was in and you're like, why, why did I stay in there? Like, mm. why did I stick around for so long? Mm. Um, but that's just you not being able to kind of process and figure out all of what's going on around you in the moment. Whereas after the fact, have some distance from it and you're not sitting there with rose-tinted glasses on. You'd be like, oh, okay, now this makes sense. Now I understand why I felt so crappy all the time or whatever it looks like. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, here's a question. I don't think that I asked you last time sure now that you're um like that you're letting all the emotions in like you're sorting through them and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. do you find that they really like have you had any kind of like explosive experiences yeah um yeah a couple uh i had a panic i want to say panic attack i don't know i've never i've always been just like kind of cool cool as a cucumber pretty much my whole life and under most situations uh, and then I remember I was out with some friends, um, and there was a, a lot of stuff going on, uh, with another group of friends that 
it was, it was a very weird time in my life. And I just remember of just pure flight. I was like, I need to leave right now. Gone. Full sprinted. Didn't say bye to anyone. Didn't leave. Didn't do anything. I wasn't like Irish goodbyeing. It was just like, I need to leave and get home and be at home right now. Um, which was such a weird experience for me to, mm-hmm. uh, to have happen. Uh, and I'm like processing, like, what is going on? Like, what, you know, you look back and you're like, why did I do that? Why am I, you know, just had to leave that place at that time? And I think that's just my emotions kicking in and being like, this is fight or flight mode. This is like, you need to do what's best for you right now, which is leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's been, I guess, one of my more explosive moments I haven't really cried is it weird to not cry I've been asking this question a lot lately because I I don't think I don't know if it's weird is it strange to not cry I I don't think so the only reason why I say that is because my grandmother was a very emotionally uh I would say a very emotionally healthy person mm-hmm. and she didn't really cry okay and I one time I asked her like when she found out that she was dying Oh, okay. yeah. I'm on the phone with her yeah. and she's like, fine. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking and she's like, well, you know, like, um, this time, like it had to come, right. It was going to happen. And here we are. And I'm, and I'm crying. Absolutely. It would be. And I'm like, why aren't you crying? Mm-hmm. And she's just like, you know, I'm just not a crier. <laughs> <laughs> Such a grandma thing to say. Right. Just, I'm not a crier. Nah, it's good. It's yeah. fine. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe you're just not a crier. Yeah, fair. Maybe. Or maybe maybe, maybe you are a crier and it's just all going to come out one day. Maybe. So, I, I, I so, um, uh, what movie is it? So, whenever I, this has happened to me a few times. So, I, I, I was at, uh, I was at Good Robot for, uh, they do some of their movie showings, uh, and they did the Mr. Like Dress Up uh, tribute, um, and which was amazing. Uh, and you know when you're in a situation and it's whether it's happiness or sadness, and it just fills the room. It's like this miasma of like smoke of like sadness or happiness, and that drastically impacts your emotion. It's weird how everyone in the room being sad, you're sad now. Yeah, that's just you know, uh, it's just it's like how funerals work. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And weddings, yeah. And uh, it's, yeah. it's the two ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So everyone was super sad. And then, like, the f- you know, end credits roll, talk about his death. And, like, the whole, there's, like, 60 people in this room. Everyone is crying. Uh, and I'm, like, there. I'm, like, I should be crying right now. <laughs> in my head. I'm, like, I should. This is, uh, this is, this is the time. This is the time to do this. Uh, uh, so the movie is, have you, have you seen A League of Their Own? Um, no. It's... Uh, <laughs> Old time movie. Tom Hanks is in it. A few other uh, really amazing actors, and the movie was uh, where all the men went off to war. All the women played professional baseball. They were the professional baseball players. Uh, it's a great movie. So good. Um, but there's a scene in it where one of them strikes out, or uh, I can't remember exactly what happens. I think it's a strikeout. She comes back and she's crying, and Tom Hanks just like sits her down and yells at her. There's no crying in baseball. That is the scene that plays in my head every time I'm gonna cry which is very strange, and I laugh at it, and then I don't cry. Oh. Yeah, weird. Yeah. That's a, that was a weird revelation to have, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe you are a crier. Maybe. 
I do make a lot of jokes in, in overly emotional situations. That's how I've cope with a lot of it yeah. is is try to bring some humor into it and a little bit of light and yeah i guess for me because i i saw how sad and, and and terrible people could really feel when in those situations especially with my with my friends passing away people felt so so sad and i'm like this is it's not really serving a purpose you know like you're just sitting in it and kind of wallowing in it um I don't know if that's the healthy thing to do. I don't know if it's the unhealthy thing to do. These are all emotions, so there's there's no right or wrong answer. But for me, I always thought, I'm like, why? There's no point in sitting in it. Like, what's happened has happened. You have to try to do at least some piece to move forward. So mine was always humor, uh, which just led to some pretty funny, <laughs> oh, I thought they were funny <laughs> situations <laughs> where I've been in very emotionally heavy conversations Um with partners, with friends, whatever, and I just, I don't know, I'm like, crack a joke, push something off the counter, just like a book. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a cat. Like a cat. Just slowly nudge it off the counter while making eye contact in the <laughs> middle of a very serious conversation. And that's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I can see how that would be effective. It works, you know. It breaks a little bit of that tension that is in those situations, and then you can like laugh a little bit and talk about it a little bit easier. Um, I also just think it's hysterical to do that. <laughs> try it. I recommend everyone to try it out next time in an emotional conversation. Just find something that's not going to break and just like make eye contact and slowly push it off the counter. Because there's a point where the person you're talking to realizes what you're doing, and then they stop and be like, "What the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Stop! Stop <laughs> doing that! You just keep doing it." Falls on the counter. Ah, it's great. It's so great. <laughs> 10 out of 10, we recommend. If you need to cut the tension in a strong <laughs> conversation, just nudge a book off the counter. So bring a book with you everywhere that you go yeah. so that you can potentially yeah. nudge it off the counter. Yeah. Okay. Noted. I'm going to I'm gonna find a situation in which I can do that. I hope it's soon. I hope mm-hmm. you message me after. I'll be like, it worked. It okay. was great. Yeah, I hope it's soon too, and I will message you cats, after it happens. Cats have something going, right? <laughs> <laughs> they just can't handle me sometimes, so I was like, I'm just going to push this book off. <laughs> That's so true. They don't, and they maintain eye contact. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah. And full eye contact is the key. It's yeah. The, it's the, that's the must-have for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. But it's, it's, been, it's been really odd. It's been, um, as someone who hasn't dealt with a lot of, I don't want to say, I find the, the vernacular around emotions weird because you don't want to you know I don't want to say depression I don't want to say sadness I don't know which one is applicable I don't know if they're all applicable right when you're talking about feelings Mm. so as someone who hasn't really dealt with a lot of surprisingly I guess despite my history I haven't dealt with a lot of depression or sadness um, because that my my outlook and the way I handle everything was just humor and like throwing myself into doing something and distracting myself from it so now that I'm kind of going down this journey, it's been weird. Like, how do you, because I'm sure you've dealt, you definitely have had situations where you wake up and you're in a funk and you're just like, I feel awful. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to do anything, but I have so many things to do. Ah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that, oh my goodness, especially recently that's been happening a lot. Yeah. You want to know how I deal with it? Yeah. What you got? Tips and tricks. Ooh. Well, I could tell you how I deal with it. I don't know if all of them all of these ways are healthy or not. I'm sure. working on it. Yeah. So, I have uh some like specific people um, that I talked to about it. So Sean is one of them, obviously. Yeah. And so I can like, I can wake up and usually about 90% of the time I can, I can just go to Sean and be like, I'm like, I'm not in a good place today. So like, just so you know, and then he like knows me well enough that he kind of knows how to kind of react. Like he generally is just kind of more helpful around like that's making it sound like he's not helpful around Mm -hmm. the house, but he's like more like, (laughs) I find that this is, I'm going to go on a slight sidetrack here. That's fine. I love sidetracks. It's my favorite track actually. Yeah. The side one. (laughs) It's a great one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I find that like, the condition of my house really does feel like a reflection of my mind. Huge. Yeah. And so I, and it is difficult, you know, when I like, well, I think it's difficult for anyone when you just, you have things going on in your life. And so in my specific situation, like I've got three kids, young, like fairly young children. And then, you know, Sean works full time and then he has like other projects that he does on the side. So he can be away quite a bit. And then I have my projects that I'm working on too. So I don't always have the time to put into taking care of the house. But when um, it's really bad, like there's like the healthy messy that my house can get into. Like right now in the laundry room, there is a mound of laundry Mm -hmm. on the counter. Like that's above the washer and dryer. Okay, That's a pretty healthy, typical. For sure. Like that's just, we always have laundry. And... Um, but the upstairs of our house is not a disaster, but it's messier than I like it to be. Mm-hmm. And that is a reflection of basically how my last month has been, like where my head has been in the last month. Yeah. So when I'm not doing well, Sean will like take on specific tasks. Sometimes it's putting away all the laundry or sometimes it's like getting to a room that's been neglected for a while and like, and cleaning it. And it just like helps me like kind of snap out of it because sometimes like sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, okay, I just need to make like a little list, a possible list of things that I can do that will help me feel better by the end of the day. Uh And it's a lot of the time it involves cleaning and writing. And so that can help me get out of it. But if I'm in a especially good wreck of a headspace. Super funk. Super, super funk. Super That's a good, yeah, yeah I like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I won't have enough energy to clean. And so then I usually end up writing. And then I usually end up messaging a few friends. And sometimes it's like, I'm really not okay. Can you, can we get together today? Sure. Or sometimes it's like, I'm really not okay and I need to be at home. And not see anybody, but I would just kind of talk through this. And I'm going to need you to be brutally honest with me about where I'm at. And I have, I'm very fortunate to have friends that know me well enough to know how to speak to me. Mm. 
So they can say the stuff where they can very gently point out areas that I need to work on. I actually just had a friend do that on uh, this past Sunday, like very gently point out like, you know what, like you're kind of, I've been noticing that you've been doing a lot of like this lately and I don't think that's really healthy for you. And maybe you should like, and I hear, yeah, I like, I, I've been in the same kind of funk, but maybe you should be cutting that out for a little while. And it's just kind of like, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. And then, and then they help like build you back up because then, you know, you have the humbling experience and then they build you back up or, uh, that's like, those are just some of the things that's I great. don't know. Sometimes go outside, yeah. always make sure that I exercise. I wasn't exercising for a while. I started to gain a bit of weight. It was feeling just like absolute trash. It's compounds on itself. Right. Yeah. You're like so. your house is messy. You don't want to cook. You don't want to go to the gym. You just don't want to eat well. Yeah. And it's just this weird circle. Yeah. And yeah, makes you feel awful. How do you, do you ever feel like you're burdening your friends? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm, um, I've had to teach myself to trust them when they say that I'm not. Yeah. And I have to trust that my friends have the ability to put up boundaries. Yeah. And so if they are not in a place where they can talk with me, yeah. they will be able to say it. And so then I've had some friends actually do that, like actually say that and they will be, so then it's really like, okay, yeah. Okay, good. So now I know when I can talk to them Yeah, and I know that I'm not going to be a burden because they're not going to let me be a burden. It's a, uh... It's a tough one to wrap your head around, I find. Is that like you thinking that you're burning your friends? Yeah. And that you're kind of just like all alone dealing with this stuff and you don't want to reach out to anyone and it's this spiral. It's just like the the exercise and eating and the all of that fun stuff. It's this spiral of like, I don't want to burden my friends, so I'm going to stay alone and feel bad, which is going to make me feel worse, which makes it that I should reach out to my friends more, but now I really don't want to burden them because this is... There's a whole lot of stuff coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough slog. I think I've, I've felt incredibly lucky on in the past eight or nine months. I've made some, I've taken some friendships from like a nice level to like a very wonderful and amazing and open and honest communicative level with a few friends, which has been really nice. Um, my friend, uh, Pat actually has, has a great line and that I've been trying to live by with these, um, emotional situations and just situations of kind of, uh, hopelessness that yeah. you get into. Uh, it's, if, uh, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly, um, which is weird to think of it. The easiest way to think about it is when you're feeling awful and, and you just don't want to do anything, um, just go outside your house and drink a coffee on your porch and come back in. That's totally worth doing. And just getting out of the house for that brief, brief second is worth so much to you as a person as opposed to just not doing anything at all. So it's just taking those little steps uh, on the road to making yourself feel better because uh, everyone thinks that at least I found it, and everyone thinks in these emotional situations that you gotta I gotta get out of this funk I need to get back to where I was that's not gonna happen you're not jumping the canyon to from like 
this kind of epitome of loneliness and sadness mm. to happiness that doesn't happen. You're not just you're not evil can evil and just like firing <laughs> off a jump. You know, right. um, it's 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 the baby steps. But I think everyone sees that jump. If they see the distance and they're like, I can't make that distance. I'm going to sit here because here's fine and it's easy and I don't have to do anything. Um, so I, I've really liked his saying, it's just like, take the baby steps, just take the little step by step day by day of like, get outside and have a coffee message one friend and say, Hey, I miss you. That's it. You don't have to burden them. Don't have to talk to them. Just a little bit of reach out. And those little steps is really what makes you and get you to the other side. Uh, so shout out to Pat. Thanks for, for that little bit of wisdom. It's been interesting to think of think of a lot of things like that and that goes I've really applied that to a lot of different aspects of my life it's um job uh your health um I find health is a big one people people go from oh I'm like I feel bad about uh, my health I feel bad about my eating I feel bad about my exercise and people go well I I need to work out five days a week I need to eat this this and that no 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 no. just start with maybe try to go for a jog once a week and try to cut out, I don't know, juice. Juice is an easy one. Juice was the one I, I chose first because it's pretty easy to cut out. I mean, juice is okay, but, like, it's not amazing. It's not the end of the world if you can't have juice, right? Yeah. So, I hear what you're saying there, yeah. 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 <laughs> ah, very interesting. Yeah. yeah, starting with the small steps. Yeah, it's those small steps. So anything we're doing, it's worth – what is worth doing is, like, getting to the other side of this canyon – um, it's totally worth doing little bits, doing it poorly bit by bit the whole way through because eventually you're going to get there uh, at the end. So it's been mm. a really, it was an interesting line that he, he, me and him talked about quite a bit and I've been really kind of embracing it with a lot of different aspects of my life. I Yeah, that feels like another, um, a different aspect on the line, um, done is better than perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, like you were saying, so your little task list that's very easy and accomplishable, mm. your house isn't perfect by the end of that. Your house is still <laughs> very messy. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. It looks really, it is, it looks really nice now, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, you know, by the end of it, your house isn't super clean. Your house isn't spotless to where you, where you want it to be. But kitchen's clean. Awesome. Wicked. Walking in the kitchen, I'm like, damn. Spotless. <laughs> Looks great. <laughs> Dishes are put away. Awesome. <laughs> 20, 30 minute task and makes your life, makes you feel so much better. Yeah. 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 I find that when I wipe the counters, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just the wiping the counters is amazing. Yeah. People have all these weird things with their homes. It's like, I love a clean kitchen. Oh, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The rest of my house can be an absolute disaster. It's like everything its place yeah. all of the knives put away everything put away neatly yeah <laughs> yeah yeah my uh yeah i like my kitchen to be like pretty and like in good shape all the surfaces clear yeah. and then the carpet in the living room upstairs sure. if it's vacuumed then i'm just like okay okay <laughs> we're okay we're good we're good yeah yeah constant line we always tell ourselves i'm okay yeah everything's okay yeah everything's okay i'm okay (laughs) yeah i'm okay (laughs) (laughs) yes there's many different tones that that can take for sure yeah yeah i've been 
I've been exploring all the different tones for yeah. the last little while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> yes. So I had a question for you. I mean, you've, you've lived an interesting life for sure. Um, so friendship relationships, uh, they're just like real ones. They're just like normal relationships and they take work and they can change. And it's very weird when you have had a friendship with someone and no longer do. Mm. Uh, or I don't know. I guess the question I'm trying to ask is like, how do you handle situations where you were someone's friends and maybe you've gone through some stuff, you know, maybe they've seen you through some stuff. So you feel an obligation to them, I guess, as a friend, you know, they may have seen you see some rough times, but like, you now know, like, well, I don't think we're good for each other. Have you experienced that? And have you broken up the friendship? How have you done it? I know this is, you're supposed to be asking me questions, but like, this yeah. is, these are things that like, as someone who is new to this world, I'm like, how does this thing work? How does all this stuff work? Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had friendships where it was like, yeah, we'd been through a lot. And then mm. it would, became very apparent to me that it was not a healthy relationship yeah. and that it couldn't go on. And there was one, I can think of one instance where I did have to say, you know what? Like this, this just isn't like I made it very I talked about like the ways that it was affecting me mm-hmm. and it had like it had physical effects on me. So I was very like this is this is how this is like this is how I'm processing this and this is how it's like it's physically affecting me and it's become very unhealthy for me. Mm-hmm. And so like I just I can't be pursuing this anymore. Like I'm so sorry. And I don't think you have anything to be sorry about. I find we, uh, there's a lot of, sorry to just like dive in like that. I, I've, mm. I've had a lot of pretty deep conversations lately. There's been a lot of these kind of conversations occurring. And I find a lot of people, they apologize a lot because you think you have something to apologize for. And I don't think you have a single thing to apologize for. It sounds like you were being upfront and honest with how you felt and how everything was happening. And it like the situation kind of sucks, but like there's no apology means you did something wrong. And to me, at least, it sounds like you didn't do a single thing wrong. It sounds like you did what a very stand up and admirable person should do, which is be honest with your friend or partner or whatever and just be upfront. Um, but we always want to say, we always want to apologize because we yeah. think we've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. No, done nothing wrong. This is just you expressing how you feel and how everything's affecting you. Yeah, that was a weird tangent to go off. But I just have run in a lot of situations lately where my friends have, I don't know, they've apologized to me for various things uh, they're doing or talking about. Um, I think it's back to that whole burdening a friend aspect where they unload on you. and uh, it's It happens all the time where they'll unload this like, nugget of information and like I'm so sorry to do that I'm like don't stop there's no you know I want all of this like I I would tell you if I didn't want it um there's no need to apologize if I we apologize a lot for just being honest with ourselves there's no reason to apologize you're not being mean there's no malicious intent I think that's inherently for me what apologies 
are meant for. It's is when you do something with not the right intention and then you regret it. Whereas uh, it seems to me that you probably don't regret having that conversation with that person. I'm assuming. No, I, I don't. Yeah. So I don't think you have not a thing in the world to be sorry for, but it's just how we, it, it, we take that, you know, like, oh, that really sucked. And then we're just like, I'm sorry for that sucking. It's just like, I mean, it just, it sucks. You just got to embrace, embrace the suck. Get <laughs> <laughs> a big old hug. Cause I'm on the forehead. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very interesting perspective. And I think that you make some good points. Mm-hmm. Because it's like almost like my apologizing is somehow going to, it's like, it's my way of trying to erase the bad feeling. Sure. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and sometimes you just can't do that. No, you can't. Uh, and this is the thing with feelings not rational. There's nothing to feel bad about. I mean, at least from what I've heard and I've had the same situation where I had to, had to, and uh, a friendship. Um, I've had a, a couple friendships uh, as of late, um, and you feel kind of awful about it because these people have been through these trials and tribulations with you, and uh, have seen you through and have helped you out so much in the past. Um, but you know, we as human beings are constantly evolving, right, and changing. And what was good for you back then is not good for you now and it's just the way of the world there's nothing to be sorry about but we still feel bad we feel icky right yeah you feel icky very icky right it's the same with like breaking up with a partner it makes you feel icky mm-hmm. and you want to apologize for it uh, and there might be things in the relationship that you need to apologize for but the ending of it isn't because you're wasting their time as much as they're wasting yours hmm um, which is a weird thing in the process. So you, I applied to the friendships and, and relationships. I was just like, we're just, neither of us is getting what we want out of this. And you have such a stark contrast between friends, like the friends that you reach out to on a regular basis and talk to versus these other friends that you've had in the past. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I get lost the just like circle around in my head. I feel like a little hamster in a wheel sometimes. <laughs> it's so interesting watching you process these things. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. It, well, I appreciate it too. Yeah. Because it's like you're kind of walking me through these situations and taking me down paths that I have not yet explored. So it's nice to, to experience that. Yeah, and you strangely have this habit of, uh, in the best way possible habit of, of talking about things that I've been recently thinking about or just say things. Your apology was, uh, if you didn't notice, I went off quite a tangent there. Uh, I've dealt with a few people lately that have been in, in kind of rougher situations or, or um, it, it very apparent to me that they are... I don't know, self-conscious about certain aspects of their life and, and you know, they, they don't want to show you them or they want to hide them. Uh, and I'm just like, stop, stop, 
You don't need to apologize to any of this. None of this is either in your control. None of this is by malicious intent. And this is just who you are and you don't have to apologize for being who you are ever, especially not to me. You know, as long as you're nice to me and nice to other people, don't ever apologize to me, realistically. Mm. You know, all I ask is just, honestly, I have have a friend right now who we've... um, She's she's one of the people that I've become such better friends with over the last little while, uh, and she she can struggle a bit with um, uh, kind of getting that funk, um, and you know she would uh, we would like let's hang out we're gonna hang out Thursday right and Thursday rolls around and she'd kind of bail out for me bail out for me and this happened a few times in a row and we finally got together and I was just sat her down I'm like look I I don't care if you have to bail out for me emotions feelings happen. You know, we get into these weird funks. I just want you to tell me. Just tell me you're not feeling it. Tell me you're having a rough day. And I will send you a bunch of hilarious gifs. And if that doesn't work, I'll leave you alone till tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and since then, um, we have hung out quite a bit. And we've also not hung out quite a bit where we had plans to hang out. And she's just like, I'm not feeling it. I'm like, cool. Here's a cat. Does it make you laugh? Yes, no? If not, I'll, I'll carry on. Yeah. Ah. So. Ah, so. Yeah, that's such a healthy way. I I feel like like I that sounds like a very healthy way of Absolutely. going about it. I think so. And and but the, on the flip side, this is what I mean when I'm talking about these apologies. Is that you know, like think about you doing that yourself, right? So your friend organizes a, um, let's go go for coffee, and day of, and you're just sitting in this funk, and you bail out. You always want to apologize. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to apologize, right? Yeah. I mean, in my world, as long as you're just honest with me and, and you know, try to keep me in, in mind as much as possible. So you wake up, you know, we're going for coffee at 3 and you wake up at 9 or 10 and you message me around that same time when you wake up. That's that's all I can ask for. You have nothing to apologize for. This is how you're feeling. This is how you're doing emotionally. You have don't have a thing to apologize for. In my in my view, personally, um, because it, it, what are you going to do? Are you going to come force yourself to drag yourself to this coffee, sit there, be kind of not there during the whole conversation, so it's really not a worthwhile endeavor for either party? Or, like, yeah, right? That's the other side of, of, of what, what could happen if she doesn't bail out, is that you just sit there and you just, like, make crappy small talk for an hour, and then she looks for an excuse to leave, mm. right? So let's just cut that bullshit out of our lives and just be very honest and upfront, which is something I've been trying to do, be a lot more of lately. A little brutal, a little brutal, a little upfront, um, but I think it's been doing well by me so far. Yeah. We'll see. Do you find with each experience you learn a little something to do differently next time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I also find people get a little weirded out by it. Uh, they just, I feel like a lot of people don't really know how to handle it. It would just be like, no, I don't want to do this because of this reason. They're like, oh, I didn't <laughs> expect you to do that. <laughs> do you want to go for coffee? No, I don't like you very much. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm nicer than that, you know, but like, that, yeah, that has happened. Where I'm just like, no, I'm okay. Bye. <laughs> like, let's not waste each other's time here. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like I'm constantly learning all the time these days and it can be exhausting 
emotional conversations can be super exhausting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, emotional stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Like how it really can just take it right out of you. Sure. Yeah. And also give it right to you, which is the weird part of emotions. <laughs> the other side. Like, you know, I'm sure you have those days where, like, one day you're feeling like this, and then the next day, best pancakes in the morning, you're like, my day's set. Everything <laughs> from here is good. I don't care what happened. Flat tire? Don't care. <laughs> burnt, my, <laughs> burnt my lunch? Who gives a shit? Getting pizza? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, 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 I found it really interesting how there's such a um, high and low and it's so cyclical at the nature of, of emotions. Uh, and it's just really trying to like, trying to decrease the lows as best you can, but they're still going to happen. You can't do anything about them happening. No matter how great stuff's going for you, I think you have to have those lows, really. They're always going to be there. That's actually refreshing to kind of realize Mm -hmm. super is i really yeah yeah Uh, when i started down this path and and was having these feelings i was just trying to like rationalize my head around it and i'm like this is normal how you're feeling is normal feeling sad is normal not wanting to see your friends or do anything but you know go down a weird youtube rabbit hole where you end up watching a bunch of bob ross (laughs) that's normal super normal and that is totally okay to do you know um and and once i've once i started to appreciate that it helped it really did help me a lot help me um just feel more okay with being in a funk feeling weird you know like my mom was asking me like what's going on like should i be worried like no this is just sad deal with it (laughs) like i'm dealing with it shouldn't have told you maybe you get all mom worry i mean you know (laughs) right yeah. yeah. Right? You know, mom where you're like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. No. Like people get sad. This mm. is a common thing. And it's totally fine and normal and you're okay and everything's gonna be okay. Just do the little bits. Bit bit bit. Say hi to a friend. Mm. Clean a clean a thing, a singular surface. Sing- one surface. <laughs> one just wipe of that surface. This corner is good. This life is fine. Is good and life is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness yesterday i dusted my end tables Ooh. i know that just felt so great <laughs> <laughs> i love that I, I i love how those weird little things that you can do uh can have such a drastic impact on your emotional well-being and your like, happiness of the day like you know cleaning your house leaving and come back and it's clean you're like fuck yes <laughs> Yes. Oh, look at this made ass bed. Yes. Get all those dishes away. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> Shit, yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> but that's like exactly how it feels. Absolutely. Like it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it's like. Because I, and I find that I'm always like, you know, comparing it to like, you know, the, the houses of the adults that I've grown up with mm-hmm. and like being like, oh, they have it together because they were an adult. And now look at me. I have my, it's together because yeah. I'm an adult. Just like, just like them. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for all of those that don't find joy in cleaning, that's fine too. There's lots of other things. Yeah, other going, things you find joy in. What, whatever it is, if it's watching that one random movie that you love, mm. do it up. We are, we all we all have those that weird movie we've seen like a hundred ta- hundred thousand times. Mm-hmm. It just brings you so much joy for no reason, <laughs> no reason at all. Whatever connection you can draw to it, whatever, watch it. You know the soundtrack off by heart. You know half <laughs> lines off by heart. You know exactly what scene's going down. And you just can't wait to show someone it, and hopefully they like it. You, one of those. Ah, I always find those movies. It's like movies and music. You're like, okay, this friend's. I like this friend. I'm gonna see if they like this movie. And if they do, and we're like best friends forever. And you like put the movie on, you sit beside them, or, or this is like a future partner, you sit beside them, and just like, I think they like it. I'm pretty sure they like it. <laughs> are they interested? Phone's down. They haven't looked at the phone once. Great, great. Things are good. They like it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> just trying to show you weird off. Just trying to show you weird off. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Find someone that likes you weird. <laughs> that sounds oddly sexual. <laughs> 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 but find someone that likes you weird. That's the moral of the story. That's and the, and if people don't like it, well, guess what? Those aren't the right people for you. Mm-hmm. And you got to be okay with that. Yeah. Perfect. I feel like that, like pretty much, like we're reaching the end of the podcast. Sweet. You just dropped that beautiful, yeah, quote. Yeah. Embrace well, your weird. Make embrace. sure everyone, make sure everyone else likes your weird. <laughs> no, see, I'm like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe that could be like a quote that we use for the podcast, Ooh, and like, yeah. how can I like put that in the context where people aren't going to be like, "You're what now? <laughs> <laughs> You're weird." <laughs> We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Sean usually does the quotes, everybody. So we'll see what he chooses. Very talented man. He is a very talented man. Yeah. Super great. Yep. Cool. Thank you so much. No problem. This is fun. It's always, always fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. It's always fun. Goes by quickly. It does go by very quickly. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, if anyone's thinking about doing this, do it. Uh, sh- Ruth is amazing and has this lovely personality that you just kind of want to take a knife and cut your guts open and spill it on the table to her <laughs> and you have no idea why you're just like you're awesome but i'm just gonna spill all these guts out and <laughs> you're on the other side being like that's cool look at that that's sweet too awesome look can i look inside yeah sure fill your guts that is the weirdest thing <laughs> yeah. I have ever had. Yeah. I, I love it. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I like your weird. Like, thank you. <laughs> I like your weird. I appreciate oh. that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, with okay. that. Thank uh, you. No problem. Thank you so much. Everyone, I hope you, ha- I hope you find someone that likes your weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and... Oh my goodness. I feel like that is actually like, I see I'm, I'm debating on whether or not to actually do my usual sign off because I feel like that just, no, no, do it. Do you just to skip to protocol? Protocol's key. Protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It is key. You're right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everybody listen up. Remember wherever you are, I am sitting here and Harry is sitting here. Mm -hmm. 
We're both loving you. So much love. We embrace your weird. We embrace your weird. (laughs) So have a wonderful evening, night, morning, afternoon. And we'll be talking to you again soon. Bye.